we're all going to hell. That seems to be what Jesus is saying in today's passage. If you are angry at a brother or sister and you say, you fool to them, you are liable to the fire of hell. When you are angry, have you ever said anything stronger than you fool? I have said things that are stronger than you fool. But I have to say, as a female Midwestern Protestant, it's been a journey for me to see that anger is an inevitable emotion um, and that anger is um, a, an emotion that is neither positive or negative, but just part of the human experience. Um, and that anger is an intelligent emotion. It has things to tell us, things to teach us, and it is inevitable. I want to share a parable. It's not one of Jesus' parables, but I think it's a helpful story to put alongside this morning's teaching. It's called the Parable of the Prickly Porcupine. It was the coldest winter ever, so cold that many animals froze to death. In an effort to save themselves from this icy fate, the porcupines decided to gather together to fend off the chill. Well, they huddled close to each other, and that was really a helpful thing to do. They were warmed by their collective heat. But their quills proved to be a bit of a problem in close proximity. They poked and stabbed at each other, wounding their companions. The warmth was wonderful, but this mutual needling became increasingly uncomfortable. Eventually, they began to distance themselves from one another, scattering in the forest, only to end up alone and frozen. Many died. Well, it soon became clear they would have to choose between solitary deaths in the frigid wilderness and the discomfort of being needled by their companion's quills. Wisely, they decided to return to the huddle. They learned to live with the little wounds caused by the close relationship with their fellows in order to benefit from the collective heat they generated. In this way, they were able to survive. Oh, I like that parable. And it feels very connected to Jesus' teaching. He assumes that we will poke and prick one another and that we get angry, that we disagree. And in order to reduce that discomfort we feel when all that happens, we move away from one another. And, that, and in that moving away from one another, well, it can, get, it can get pretty bad. Using the language of the ancient world, Jesus says it can put us in hell, a hell of our own making. It, when, when we live in anger, when we aren't able to get past anger, um, it doesn't hurt other people as much as it hurts us. When we are consumed by anger, we find ourselves in hell. Another story. A master asked his disciples, why do we shout in anger? Why do people shout at each other when they are upset? Well, the disciples gave him many different answers, but none satisfied the master. Finally, he explained, when two people are angry at each other, their hearts distance a lot. To cover that distance, they must shout to be able to hear each other. 
The angrier they are, the stronger they will have to shout to hear each other through that great distance. Oh, I find that image so helpful. We get angry at one another and our hearts grow distant. Jesus knows all that. He has no illusions that we won't poke at one another and hurt one another, but he wants us to survive the cold winter. He wants our hearts to grow closer together. He knows we need each other in order to survive, and he knows that we long for connection and community. Ernest Hemingway, in his short story, The Capital of the World, tells the story of a father and his teenage son who lived in Spain. Their relationship strained and eventually became ruptured with the son, whose name was Paco, a very common name in Spain, running away from home. Well, the father began searching for him and, and eventually put an ad in a Madrid newspaper that simply said, Dear Paco, meet me in front of the Madrid newspaper office tomorrow at noon. All is forgiven. I love you. The next day, there were 800 Pacos waiting in front of the newspaper office. Oh, we have this deep longing to, to reconnect, to, to reconcile, to move past anger and disappointment and towards community and connection. In this morning's passage, Jesus makes a concrete suggestion about how to do that work. He says, so when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother and sister, and then come and offer your gift. I think Jesus is suggesting that if our hearts are twisted with the bitterness of unresolved anger, we may not have much to offer the world, or what we do offer isn't worth much. So he says, before making that offering, then try to make things right. Reach out to those we are angry at or who are angry at us. Wade into our discomfort and try to connect. Oh, it's as though Jesus is just talking right to us. I mean, did he foresee a time when we would do so much communicating through email and text and social media? Now, I am a big fan of all three of those mediums and they have absolutely no place and working past anger and addressing conflict. For that, we need to, to get connected to folks. We need to pick up the phone or better yet, do what they did in the ancient world, meet face to face. Now Jesus is short on details on what happens when folks get face to face, but we can try to fill in the gaps, perhaps we apologize. We try to make things right. We might try to make things better. If possible, address the issue. But Jesus is clear about this. He says, don't wait. He never suggests this, this work will change the other person, but it just might change us. And our gifts to the world may not be worth much until we do this work until at least we try. But here's the thing. There's nothing easy about this work, and, 
And even when we try our best, resolving anger, getting past anger, it's, it's hard. And at one point or another, we all find ourselves in the hell that Jesus describes in this passage. But the good news is that Jesus does not leave us alone there. He does not abandon us. Even when we find ourselves in the hell of bitterness, alone in the cold winter, Jesus does not leave us alone. No, he loves us, forgives us, challenges us to work through our discomfort and find a way back into a relationship with one another. Jesus gently coaxes us back into community so that once again, we can share our gifts with the world. May Jesus do this good work in us, through us, and among us. Amen.